It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the Media Podcast. I'm Matt Deegan. On the show today, we bring you the gossip and trends live from the Audio and Radio Industry Awards nominations. That's right, we're at the Arias Noms. Plus, the draft media bill is unveiled. What's in store for the broadcasters and press? And on the program, is this the future of radio? That was Queen and David Bowie under pressure. We're Annie and Ian, Radio GPT for your drive home. We'll share Radio GPT real-time traffic in 60 seconds. And we'll be sure to let you know if we detect any self-driving cars on the roads that are in repo mode. You better explain that a bit more, Ian. And finally, we cover podcasting revelations in the media quiz. That's all coming up in this edition of the Media Podcast. In the news this week, just two episodes into its relaunch, Challenge Annika has been pulled from the Channel 5 schedules. Annika Rice responded on Twitter with a photo of her sound man, Dave, joking, we've got 24 hours to find a new home. Uh, Channel 5's clarified the episode struggled in the competitive Saturday night 8.30 slot, but the two remaining episodes will be rescheduled soon. And TV presenter and comedian Paul O'Grady has sadly passed away at the age of 67. He's been remembered and celebrated for his drag queen persona, Lily Sand. Savage, presenting BBC One game show Blankety Blank, campaigning for animal welfare, and most recently hosting for BBC Radio 2. But moving on to the very latest award ceremony sweeping the UK, tonight we're coming to you live from the Audio and Radio Industry Awards nominations in London, uh, which is hot on the heels of Radio Days Europe, which I had the good fortune to attend in Prague at the weekend. Uh, so yes, it's a radio audio heavy episode this week. So I've managed to collect up two delegates from Radio Days Europe who've managed to escape from Prague here up to the 17th floor in the news building, uh, presenter at Greatest Hits Radio and exec producer at the Content Works, Des Paul. Hi, Des. Hi, Matt. Good to be here. Uh, it is. It's, it's lovely to see you. Uh, and also, uh, Rebecca Grisdale sherry freelance audio and digital producer. Uh, Becky, how are you? I'm all right, thank you. How are you? I'm good. Did you both have a lovely time in Prague? We did. Well, I did. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think everybody did, to be fair. It's lots of smiles uh, and great to have lots of radio people in one place together yeah. after quite a while. And seemingly all the weather. Well, oh my gosh, it was amazing. I was frightened. I, it, snow was predicted, right? So I was really frightened and I dressed for the snow. And then I, all I wanted to do was walk across Charles Bridge. Yes. Like while I was there. That was my only, and drink a lot of beer. Um, and I was really worried that the, the weather was just going to prevent me from being able to do that in a happy way. But the sun came out. It from, did. It from my stroll, so I was that I couldn't, you know, really ask for more. It was definitely a bit of everything. Um, both of you spoke at uh, Radio Days. Uh, what <laughs> sessions were you doing, Des? Uh, I was talking about music programming. So on Greatest Hits mm. Radio, I present a show called Rhythm of the Night, which is on a Friday night, and it's a hand-picked show. 
no computers involved. No selector. No selector, no F10. <laughs> um, and we were talking about that and the wider world of programming with my old colleague and uh, friend from Radio 1, Chris Price. Yes, Chris Price of Radio 1's uh, head of music. I was somewhat surprised that they no longer have any um, music research. research at Radio 1. Now, some people will be celebrating that as a, a kind of radio scheduling geek. I was like, really? Mm. Uh, were you surprised by that? Very surprised. But as, as I said, I think on the day, for me, the, the most difficult decision I think that Chris has to make is when to come off a record. Yes. So this is a burn rate, isn't so it? So it's a burn rate, yeah. Mm. And when when you're sitting listening to a radio station in the office all day, every day, things are going to burn very quickly for you. We all know that the audience is dipping in and out. And, and that balance, where that pointer sits, I think is, is critical in moving your playlist along. But then that said, they don't add that many records every week, so yes. perhaps there is a you know a longer period. But but yeah, fair play to them for, for ditching research and going, we're humans, we can do this. What do you, is that what you mean by music research? You mean technology that... So testing the song, so quite often people ring lots of listeners, or now it's done online, yeah, yeah, yeah. and say, are you familiar with this song? Have you ever heard it before? Are you, is it a favourite? Are you sick of it? Okay. And from that, you can kind of work out what to move up a playlist and right. what to take down. Okay. So most commercial radio and the BBC have used research, but interesting to see them come off it. That's really interesting because I've been in the business 18 years and that's the first time I've, <laughs> that I've heard about well, that process. Well, sometimes it's a bit of a dirty secret in that no one wants to say it because they feel bad. But yeah. I think it's a great tool. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Anyway, what were you speaking about? Uh, so I was on the diversity, equity and inclusion panel mm. alongside Leanne Alley from um, BBC Audio. Yes, BBC, BBC Audio Sounds. Lab, yeah, BBC yep. Sounds. And um, Faustine from... It's a company who consults on DE&I for mm. media brands and she used Global, the work that um, they'd done for Global as an example of how companies like that can help media brands make their workforce more inclusive to kind of bring in a more diverse range of talent and uh, crucially maintain them and keep them. I mean, it's a, it's a challenge, isn't it? It's something that yes. a lot of people have recognised work needs to be done. Yeah. But perhaps it's been a little slow, perhaps. Yeah. And, you know, you hit, there's a lot of initiatives. Like, so I joined the BBC like, as on a disabled work placement because mm. I'm registered blind. Um, and so that was my foot in the door, and that was brilliant. And there's lots of schemes like that which exist. But I think that what you hear from a lot of people, and especially like a lot of people of colour, is that companies kind of hire them mm. and then the workplace doesn't match up to the company's ambitions and the environment isn't kind of one they feel comfortable raising any issues in yep. and therefore they, they, they don't feel like it's a, a place where they can grow and thrive. I agree with that completely as a person of colour and having worked in this industry for the best part of 25 years. Uh, I've seen some things change in a very positive way but there are other things that I feel are still shamefully uh, behind where they should be at uh, this point down the line and it is very difficult and it's difficult for the employer it's difficult for the people coming into the industry we need to make the radio industry more attractive to lots of people but as you say getting people in through the door is one thing holding on to them is absolutely another and also promoting them yep. getting them up to the c-suite yep. and management level that's, definitely that's the other the other side of we it. need to see that it needs to be driven from within and it's not even a case of going oh well you know it's the, the maybe the quality isn't quite where we need it to be if it isn't quite where you need it to be do everything you can to get it to that point 
get people there. A hundred percent, right? So one of the things that you hear, one of the things that you hear, kind of bosses say is, "Oh, we couldn't," or you know, Glastonbury even. You, we mm. can't, we can't have more women on the lineup at Glastonbury because there aren't enough bands at that level, right? And that's a kind of common argument that you hear a lot in the media industry. Oh, there aren't enough people at the right level to match to meet our diversity targets. And then the question becomes, right, well, what are you doing in order to bring people up through the ranks and train them and retain them and give them that experience? Because that, you know, that's your responsibility as a, as a company to bring in new talent and to nurture new talent. But also, like, the bottom line is that pays massive dividends because the more diverse your creative team, the more likely you are to have different perspectives and draw in a wider, more diverse audience. I mean, that's I, it. I mean, we're, we're, a diverse, we're a diverse country, aren't we? I mean, if if all of your programmers or, or senior management are all white, middle-aged men, how does that appeal to, to everyone as listeners? As you say, like, and especially you talk about anything in media, everyone loves all their pyramids and all the rest of it, but it has to come from the top and it has to be people seeing people like themselves further down the line at the top of these organisations so they can go, well, if I actually am interested and I want to do this, I could be in that position. We don't have that yet and we need that. We need more of it. I often think as well that um, representation is like step one on the ladder because representation is, is vital, but when you get once you've got that representation in your team and your workforce, then it's about making sure that, that you know, people aren't pulling up the ladder behind them. Do you know what I mean? Because I think that politics over the last couple of years has shown us is that representation isn't the be-all and end-all of improving equity and diversity and inclusion. And so that, it's like step one, that's like the first step on the, on the ladder to kind of equity, really. How do you feel about that? I genuinely believe that people have the right desire and yeah. they want to get to that outcome. But at the moment, whether it be corporate structure or uh, lack of time and resource, we're not moving as far as we need to, as quickly as we need to. And I think one of the things I've noticed is uh, marginalised groups are more likely to churn out of businesses much quicker than, um, than white groups as well, because they're unhappy or there isn't the right environment for them. That's, that's happened since the dawn of time. Yeah. That whatever the environment might be, what you know, we're tribal people, we're human beings. We go where, where we see other people that we like or we aspire to, and so on. That's why people started going to clubs and discos. That's where all that, that whole thing came from: was marginalised groups in society. It's not hugely different in this environment, and and yeah, we we definitely need to, to do better. So other topics of radio day is quite broad as always. So big chunks of radio, big chunks of audio. What did you see uh, on the on the stages that uh, captured your imagination? Do Thank you want to go? For, shall I go first? Yeah. Okay. So I saw um, Catherine Burns from the Moth mm. deliver a speech to the audit the huge, massively auditorium. <laughs> the two thousand seater. It was massive. She told me afterwards she was absolutely petrified because she saw the room and she just freaked out, which I'm and this, not surprised. And this is someone running a podcast all about telling stories. Yeah, I know, right? So her master, it was a masterclass in how to tell a good story, you know, and it's something that I guess we feel like we know because we work in the industry, mm. but you always, you can always use a good reminder and her reminder was like the best reminder you could possibly have. So, you know, there were lots of um, clips from the Moth storytelling events. Um, there were lots of examples of you know, pacing, um, 
like the kind of the little bit of insight into the sort of work that the moth producers do with their storytellers and how hard they work to draw out the most engaging points of any story. So I saw a chunk of that session towards the end and, and the amount of practices and uh, the, the formula they kind of gave their storytellers to get them more confident with their stories yeah. and to really work out what the kind of key points are I thought was was fascinating and more work than maybe you'd imagine. Yeah, a lot of work. And do you know what I love about it, right? Because I started in live radio, so that feels really like naturally home to me. Mm. So whenever I do things, I do things with like an ad, as live mindset, even if I'm making a podcast. Um, and that's basically because The Moth is a storytelling live event first and a podcast and a radio show second, it's all about getting it right on the night. And even if you get it wrong, it's about how to embrace that wrongness yeah. on the night. And that is, some, that is so thrilling. Des? You're actually saying that there's some common denominator between radio and podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Shock I horror. guess I'm trying wow. to, yeah. Uh, Des, what, what did you like seeing? Um, the session on AI. Yes. Yes, I thought that was fascinating. It actually felt like I was in some kind of science fiction movie, being in this huge auditorium. And I, I was at the back for this one, and I saw this guy on stage, and I could just hear him, and I wasn't even entirely convinced that he was real, <laughs> or whether he was just going to disappear off like a, a kind of weird avatar. Yes, whether Daniel Anstanti, which is a great name, it was a hologram after all. Uh, great, great session. So this is Radio GPT he was talking about, which is connecting up all the AI stuff that we've heard about with chatbots with radio stations. And basically, typing in, uh, female presenter, 20-second link, back anno the song, promote the competition, go. And then it, it filled it with a pretty good voice, wasn't it? It was Very good. I, th I think that's the thing is that you're sort of, before you've heard anything, when you say AI and you go synthesized voice, you're going to be immediately a little bit wary of, of how that voice is delivered. But it was frightening uh, how good <laughs> this voice was. And then I was like, he said, oh, you know, you can clone voices or we've got fully artificial ones. Yeah. And then I'm going, well, is that the cloned one or is that the artificial one and that's the the worrying thing i mean it was a pretty impressive pre uh, presentation and i know that they've got some stations that are about to to go live with it would you would you play any of this gear live on a radio station uh, maybe in the ad breaks <laughs> <laughs> um what do you think about ai becky did you, did you, did you, there's actually a few sessions on on ai yeah. radio days this year i mean i you know i don't really know that much about ai I think that we're all used to adapting to new technology whenever, you know, we've all had to kind of adapt to technology as the pace of the change has just sped up and, you know, got infinitely more faster as time goes on. Um, I think it's really interesting. I'm a bit scared <laughs> about it. <laughs> I think everyone was like, I'm half excited and I'm, half scared. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, I don't know what to say, really. I'm, I'm watching very closely. Yeah. Des? Yeah, I think Nick Goodman sums it up very well when he said, I, it, it was exactly that, which is I'm frightened, but I'm loving it. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> quite sure where I, I sit on it. Uh, it's like yeah. being on the log flume at Chessington. <laughs> like, you're like, what am I doing here? And then by the time you get to the edge, you're like, oh, OK, that was brilliant. And it looks like the awards are starting, so we'll catch up after this. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com.
There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I'm here with a man in charge. Uh, it's the director of the Red Academy, Sam Bailey. Hello. Hello. Uh, you just had your nominations. That went pretty well. It did, didn't it? It did. I was pleased with that. And congratulations to uh, Fun Kids and their, your success here yes, tonight, Matt. Yes, uh, I've had a couple of glasses of wine. Uh, we did get five nominations, which is which is brilliant news. Like, including really... Station of the Year nomination. Including Station of the Year. And also some great shows from some independent production companies as well. Yeah. I mean, there's loads in there. I think we, we, we introduced, well, indies have always always entered their BBC mm. contributions, and uh, we've been we've been a broad church for quite a while in the Irish Welcome podcast but we made a change this year to actually increase to nine from six the number of nominations in almost all of our categories mm. the ones where it makes sense yes. and, and, and those extra three are for podcasts and, yeah, so um, it's, it's, um, it's interesting because of that nine three are BBC yes. three are commercial radio and three are kind of other yeah they're podcasts that don't fit into either of the other two categories yes. so BBC podcasts are in the BBC mm. pot if you like but so it's you know a really really welcoming independent podcasts from independent producers all three brands uh, that are straight to podcast and <laughs> I can see uh, Matt from the uh, British Podcast Awards is clapping behind you um, so yeah I mean it's it's, it's obviously it's a, it's a very sensible uh, development of, of re- reflecting what the audio sector is all about and it means you've got a kind of quite a diverse bunch of nominees uh, particularly that maybe in the past you look at categories and go, they're dominated by somebody. I mean, no one's really dominated anything this year. Like looking at the drama category, I think we're in there for Fun Kids a real, and some other podcasts and a real broad mix. Yeah, I mean, I guess from that pooling system, you're going to get roughly a third from the BBC, uh, roughly a third from, from, from commercial radio, uh, big and small. Um, and then, yeah, a, a really, a, hopefully a broader and more diverse mix than, than ever before. Uh, and so Station of the Year entries, so we've got uh, Radio 1, Radio 4, Six Music, yep. Fun Kids, yep. uh, Times Radio. Yeah, and some and station talks, called uh, Talk, Sport. Talk, Sport. Talk Sport. And joining us right now is the bloke Never in charge of Talk Sport. Congratulations. Thank you. On your station Congratulations to you as well, Matt. Thank yeah, you very yeah. much. Uh, but also quite a, quite a haul of noms for, for Talk Sport across we've, the board. We've done quite well, uh, actually, to be fair. And I feel slightly conflicted because I wasn't directly in charge of TalkSport <laughs> in 2022. So now I feel like the archetypal sort of manager coming in to lift the trophy at the end or at least be like in the running for the trophy. You're John Terry at the goal. It, really, I'm, 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 I'm suited and booted, put my shin pads on <laughs> when I have no right to be on the pitch at this point in time as well. So it's all down to, yeah, Lee Clayton, Laurie Palacio, who were like running TalkSport in 2022 
I was sort of overseeing everything, but they've done a, they I mean, did a fantastic job. I mean, you were spoiled content to work with in 2022, two major <laughs> football tournaments. We were quite lucky. Yeah, yeah, we were quite lucky. It all landed quite well, but, you know, it's, uh, yeah, it's terrific. Really pleased, really pleased for the team. They've done and, so and some well. great head-to-head five live battles in there as well. I know. Well, you know, I got I got kind of wind that there might be something kind of incoming um, <laughs> from a, from an industry source, um, but I didn't realise it would be quite that kind of like head to head. You so, know, so when they were just saying the Champions League final twice in quick succession, and then the World Cup in twix, in quick succession as well. But um, really, yeah, genuinely, like really overwhelmed. And moment fantastic. of the year for the Lionesses win as well. Yeah. So that, you can vote for that, listeners. Exactly. Uh, so, so this is yeah, yeah. So this is the Radio Times sponsored category. Uh, for moment moment of the the year year. and so anybody can go to the radiotimes.com to vote for your your favourite of 12 I think 10 10 10 there's 10 there Um, yeah I mean Google it or it's on the front of our website Mm -hmm. radioacademy.org and yeah that vote's open for about three weeks it's the only category that's voted for by the general public Mm -hmm. rather than just the members of the academy and uh, yeah we've had a really good partnership with Radio Times for four arias now and uh, yeah it's fantastic the coverage that they do on the night of the awards as well it really helps lift it with the general public I think and it's quite an operation to to judge this this scale of awards I mean lots of judges giving their views yeah it's about two 120 judges, wow. all Radio Academy members, and each category generally has, uh, well, it either has, either has five or ten judges. Mm. If, if there's a category that's got an awful lot of entries, we sort of split it into two and do a kind of semi-final. Um, but it's they're all they're all kind of senior figures from the radio industry, so it really is kind of the recognition of your peers. I mean, Liam, you've been through this process before. It's quite a, it's an effort, isn't it, to put in entries and to try and distill a year's worth of material into, into 20 minutes? Yeah, it, it really is, because you I mean, the trick is, and there's some very good exponents of this, is to like try and clip stuff up as the <laughs> as year goes go on. Yeah. Than Everyone sit, says this. Sit, sit there in October and go, so what have you got? Pardon? What was that again? Say again? What have you got so far? Oh, oh, I'll, I'll just come back to me on that one. The log has only been um, about yeah, yeah, three yeah. months. <laughs> Suddenly you've got a lot of clips from like the last three months. Um, so the, our teams, I know, I, I know internally, we've battled with it over the over several years to try and get them a bit more like archiving better and they're, they're so much better of it and actually this really helps us tonight because mm. it's a, like you know I know you te- I tell you all the time to do this <laughs> look now we've got loads of nominations <laughs> yeah, so it's yeah, really yeah. good so I'm really pleased and I should also mention I'm really pleased for Times Radio yes. because those guys put in a phenomenal amount of work in I see what goes on on level 14 here in the news building with that production team and the presenting team as well they work ever so hard to do what they do so I was sat next to, I was stood next to Tim Lavelle, mm. pinching him as we were kind of going through the awards and going, I really want you to get nominated for Station of the Year. So when our name, and then your station comes, George George like, comes up, I'm, I'm not going, fussed anymore, well, I, think actually, it, I, think it, I think it's alphabetical, <laughs> so I'm hoping there might be one more here. So I was really, really pleased for him. So he was, he was over the moon. So you see what it means to people to get that nomination as well. And it really will galvanise the team because, you, you know, Every day you're going, you know, you're you're putting in the hours, you're getting up in early mornings, yeah, you know, yeah. it's really tough. Well, some of those going. categories yeah. have 70, 80 entries. Mm. So to be in the top six or the top nine is a phenomenal achievement. And I know it. You, you, it's better to say that now, I think, than to say on the night if perhaps you don't win a bronze, silver, yes. or gold. But to be fourth, fifth, or sixth is still out of 80 and extraordinary. It's such a competitive industry. It's so, there's so much creativity. So um, yeah, congratulations to all nominees. I think it's a huge achievement. So what have people got to expect uh, for the award? 
awards night proper. Yes, the awards are on the 2nd of May at the new venue of the Theatre Royal Drury Lane. If anybody's been to see Frozen, then they, <laughs> then they know that theatre. I mean, it's beautiful. I think, you know, the Lloyd Webber Theatre Company spent something like £40 million on it just before lockdown. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, it's stunning. It's absolutely stunning. And we're holding the after party in the same building as oh, well. Oh, lovely. Uh, tickets are available on the Radio Academy website from when does this go out? Uh, uh, from Friday morning, 10 o'clock. Uh, tomorrow morning so uh, and uh, yeah we've got the, sh- the main show itself which is about three hours long and then an after party and Craig Charles is doing a DJ set at the after party so, and uh, hosts for the awards this year yep coming back for, as a huge success last year Rylan uh, supported by Fleur East as the voice of God and a little change from last year Fleur was sort of in the wings of the theatre last year and we're going to put a front of house in a box this year excellent so a bit like those characters from the Muppets you know just kind of heckling <laughs> uh, from the royal box so yeah it's going to be a great show uh, great news so that the fullest of uh, nominees is on the Radio Academy website that's yes. radioacademy.org uh, and you can get tickets probably now uh, there as well uh, thank you both thank you Matt lovely thank you so I've just grabbed Paul Smith, a previously head of editorial standards for BBC Radio, uh, but now he's escaped to have a lovely time elsewhere and still a little, little bit of dabbling here and there. A little bit of fingers in pies and things like that, really, yes. Yes, and we haven't really, both of us haven't really had a big chance to look at it, but new media bill uh, out today. Uh, obviously, we've also talked a bit about some of the changes in, in BBC local radio. It is sort of the government kind of catching up with probably like seven or eight years of, of change, isn't it, really? Yeah, it, it, it is. I mean, it seems to me that, that actually it's a good opportunity and they've taken it to tidy some stuff up. Obviously, they've, they've noticed that there are things like the internet, which is <laughs> a, it's good of them, and, and, uh, and they've noticed that there are smart speakers and people are using them. And I, I think that the must-carry... Um, provisions which they're suggesting. Yeah, so, so, th- so this is really interesting, idea. isn't it? It's basically saying um, if you're a smart speaker operator like Google or Apple or maybe even TuneIn, you might be sort of semi-regulated. Yes, it, it does imply that, but I mean, like all these things, the devil's in the detail, really, and, and we probably won't be able to tell mm. until we actually see the, the, the words on the page. But yeah, that does seem to be the case. I wonder what their reaction to that is. Maybe you'll find out. I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, for, for those people, the big tech sort of floats above the fray and doesn't normally get involved. And they're sort of being a little bit, bit dragged in. Like the tele platforms are used to this, aren't they? Uh, absolutely. I mean, I mean, the truth, the truth is, even if you're not regulated, there's a certain sort of understanding amongst the audience about what they should get mm. and what they would expect from something. Mm. So they expect a certainly in this country a certain amount of balance Mm. for example yes they expect it not to be lots of swearing and lots of you know uh, unpleasant material Mm. so so most companies realize because they're commercial and they want people to listen or watch their product Mm. they need to fit in with what the audience expectation Mm. is you know, and we used to talk about audience expectation all the time, mm. but I, but I don't think we're unique, uh, or weren't unique at the BBC. I think everybody has to consider that, and I think that the problem is the word regulated, and I think people think that somebody's going to jump in and tell them what to do. I don't think that'll happen. You never know, but I don't think so. But I can understand that people might be a bit jumpy about about the word. And also, I mean, smart speakers for some radio stations accounts for like 20% of its audience. Uh, So if you suddenly disappear off for some random coding reason, uh, you do need some way to to get in touch with those providers and go, hang on, I'm a licensed service. You now have to look after me a bit more and get me back on. Well, I think this is it. This is is the advantage of the must-carry thing. And if you have a a regulated service, uh, 
like one of the commercial stations or a BBC station, really there's no excuse why that shouldn't be on there. And you'd have to question what the motive of the platform is for disabling it. But yes, you're absolutely right. I mean, the must carry just puts all those conversations to bed. And there we are. I, I do wonder whether the... Um, uh, whether it be possible to interrogate the device to get program information, which mm. of course has a different copyright level. So yeah. I just wonder whether that's that's going to be available. Um, I mean, it isn't quite the same as on television, where you have a, you know, on an EPG mm. you have a prominence mm. issue. That isn't quite the same in audio, uh, obviously. But I mean, there are all sorts of things that will need to be ironed out. And a lot of these devices have screens now as well, don't they? And there's, Very a, there's, true. A, there's a bit more than there, there used to be. Um, the other thing that, that's obviously been been changing is the BBC's approach to, to localness. That's been a big thing recently. Staff aren't necessarily that happy, and we had a, a, some, no. some 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 strikes. I can sort of see it from both sides. In that you need something fit for today, and investing in digital, and then the radio is a valuable service too. Yeah, and there's uh, no money. Uh, yeah, the, I mean, the thing is, there is no money, and and uh, I think one of the one of the issues I've always had with the BBC is that I think it does far too much stuff, and I think some of that stuff isn't actually brilliant. Um, I think there's a lot of repetition, a lot of duplication, maybe I should say, mm. and I I sort of think that if this was approached intelligently, and I have no idea whether it will be or not, mm. um, then you could see that actually. Um, it could be very good for the service. It could in increase the quality. It could actually embed the stations bizarrely more with their community if they were more focused on that. I think um, endless sort of music shows to fill the day is probably not what BBC Local Radio should be doing. It doesn't feel like the distinctive, unique place for them. Now, Having said that, I have an awful lot of sympathy with the people that work in these stations because, you know, they've worked very hard, they very firmly believe in what they're doing. And I've worked in BBC Local Radio and I know, you know, how hard it can be. But I just wonder whether there isn't an opportunity here. It all de depends on leadership and people looking carefully mm. at what is done. And it might be that you get to a stage where some local stations specialise in things mm. and they're kind of known for it and they can supply it elsewhere. The BBC could reuse its material much better than it does, in my view. Thank you, Paul. Thank you. We've grabbed two people from the uh, ARIA nominations grabbed, to play our quiz. Grabbed people. Uh, neither of them. And it was uh, physically manhandling, I just want to say that. Are that keen to play, uh, <laughs> but never mind, they're here now. Um, and as we have a panel of audio experts, we've got John Holmes off of The Skewer and yeah. other things. Congratulations, yeah. your nominations. Thank you. Congratulations uh, on your nominations as well. Oh, thank you very much. Matt uh, also, podcast production manager at Insanity, Charlotte Mason's here as well, uh, which is handy for both of you in the podcasting space because our quiz is very podcasty. Mm. Uh, to buzz in, you just need to say your name. So Charlotte will say... Charlotte. And John will say... His, na his name's a lot Charlotte. shorter. Charlotte. Mix, makes mix it easier. It I'll say Charlotte, you say John. Okay, that okay, makes it a lot so easier for Charlotte me. Charlotte will say... John. And John will say... Charlotte. Right, makes here we sense. go. Uh, which UK podcast... Charlotte. <laughs> News agents. <laughs> What's the question? Uh, is the, the, hit the biggest uh, uh, downloads this week. Is hosted by Emily Makeless plus two others. That is correct on both accounts. Uh, yes, John. 
congratulations, the news agents uh, has hit 24 million downloads. That's right. Uh, is that a similar number uh, hit, to your I've podcast? hit four downloads. Four downloads. So I'm, I think I'm within touching distance. <laughs> uh, what would your bosses say, Charlotte, if your podcast hit 24 million downloads? I think they would probably say, I must be dreaming and this cannot be real. <laughs> yes. I think for all of us. But well done uh, to, to uh, the news agents, guys. Uh, they did 24 million over seven months. Uh, they think they're the biggest uh, news podcast in the country. Uh, the BBC thinks differently. And that's one point to Charlotte. Right, because I said Charlotte. Yes, Brilliant. there we go. Question right. two. Thanks, Great John. News. Yeah. Uh, what's the name of the new grassroots industry coalition so, no. advocating for open podcasting? Oh, oh, it's three words. You need to buzz in. Uh, John. John, yes. It's three words. It's got podcast in. It does. I think it's also got survey in. It doesn't. It's Surveying. Surveillancing. <laughs> it is. You're, you're sort of close enough-ish. The Podcasting Standards Project. Oh, it wasn't, I, it wasn't that close, but you're very generous. Thank say. you. Yes. Uh, excellent. The project has been established to advocate for and Matt, help we don't care. We don't care. Matt, shut up. We don't care. To I actually really care. And opportunities. None of us care. Uh, Charlotte slash John, this is all about RSS and flying the flag for being independent. Mm-hmm. Your shows, I guess, are everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's quite important for your talent. Mm, very important. And John, you'd what? like your stuff to be heard by people. Would you put any of your shows behind a, a, a Spotify paywall if they came with a big pile of cash? What a question. So bloody lulli. I mean, if Spotify turned up on my... If Spotify knocked on my door tomorrow and said, John, here's Joe Rogan money, <laughs> I would put every word I say in private, just in private behind that wall. Of course I would. Who wouldn't do that? In fact, if someone came up to you now, yes. if Spotify turned up now and said to you, Man Deacon, this interview you're doing with John and Charlotte who have swapped roles, by the way. Yeah. Would you put it behind a paywall for £25 million? Pounds? What would uh, you say, Matt Deegan? I'd go, luckily, we're at 23.9 million downloads, so we're absolutely fine, <laughs> thank you very much. Right, question three. Uh, what educational podcasting initiative has been launched by the BBC? Charlotte. Yes, Charlotte John. It's the BBC education brand. Pod, pod, it's on the top of the pod, whole website. Podcast every page. Bites. That's close. That's nearly there. Bite-sized podcast. That's why. That's why you said. That was pretty good. I was uh, blank. Well remembered uh, from five minutes ago. These curriculum link revision podcasts promise to help. Sorry, you mean paid to read this out? What the hell are you doing? Learn revision. <laughs> I'm explaining okay. to the media podcast Whatever. listener. Bite size is really good. I know. Yes. I genuinely, when when something comes up in the feed with bite size, and it's a, I'll admit, it's a childish explanation of something, I'll zone in on it. I don't mind. They did a thing recently about mm-hmm. uh, tombs and pyramids. I was well into that. Oh, bite very size explanation. Yep. Essential. Uh, yes, yeah, so a new new YouTube obviously sounds. I saw them talk about it, and actually, it's not just them being nice. They're like young people get bite sized We want more young people on yeah. BBC Sounds. We can just sift them off. Uh, through BBC Bite Size. Uh, which makes our winner uh, oh, Sean and John! Yeah! Yes. That's John! That sounds very fair. That's good. Well done. As a special prize, you get to record 100 new BBC Bite Size podcasts. Uh, well done uh, to both of you. Uh, and how can people keep up with your good work? Charles? So, first of all, you can find all of our podcasts on, Insanity Group, on the Insanity Group's website. Lovely. Titles such as Staying Relevant, Made by Mummers, Give Me Strength, and many others. And John, Thank your, you. your stuff? Uh, just come up to me in the pub and ask me what I'm doing. Oh, nice. Uh, and it's the last episode of The Skewer? It is available now. It went out 
time of recording, <laughs> Thursday, went out last night. The skewer returns to BBC Radio 4 and BBC Sounds in, I don't know that we've contractually put the dates in yet, Matt, if I'm honest, but I think June and then that Series 9 and Series 10 is roughly September, but again, it's all up to negotiation, isn't will, it? But, will they but, ever stop commissioning it? I That's mean, the big I question. hope they don't. Yes. Uh, thank you both. Thank you so much for joining us today from the Arias nominations. The winners will be revealed at the awards ceremony on May 2nd. Next week, the team's going to be having a week off for the Easter break, and we hope you have a restful one too. And if you're lucky, there might be something popping up in your feed, so keep your ears open. Uh, in the meantime, though, as you know, there's just three simple things you can do to support the team so we can keep bringing you the media news each week. Uh, first and foremost, why not become a patron of the show? Just chuck us a few quid at patreon.com slash media pod as a small bribe there's a load of deep dive interviews that will happily fill your easter weekend uh, and if you don't have any spare change uh, don't worry you can tell your colleagues about the show on twitter or linkedin and remember of course if you haven't already uh, click that follow button to hear new episodes when they drop on your podcast app of choice if you ever forget how to do that just go to podfollow.com slash the media podcast and it will take you to a listening location. My name is Matt Deegan. The producer was Matt Hill with support from Phoebe Adler-Ryan. It's a Rethink Audio production. I'll see you in two weeks. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.